Welcome back to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Fast Five. It is September 17th, 2020. Our Fast Five is, of course, sponsored by Fast Sensor and Takeoff. And boy, oh boy, it continues to be a crazy week in the world of retail. A lot of great headlines to get to, but first, I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Anne Mazinga. Hello. Hello. And of course, Emma, the intern. Hi, everyone. Hey, Emma. Oh, hey, guys, before we get to the headlines today, I got to tell you this. I, one of the, I had the best dream ever last night. Oh, and my God. Is this wait, appropriate was, for live audiences? Totally is. I dreamt I was best <laughs> friends with Robert Redford. That was my dream. It was unreal. So unbelievable. Emma, do you even know who that is? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh God. What oh God. can we like give some context to what Robert Redford you are friends with? Is this like early days Robert Redford or is this like Sundance, like late in the game Robert Redford? And you guys are like kicking it at the film festival. You, you know, and considering that we did not talk about this at all before we started this podcast, it was not part of our prep. That is a great question. It was actually old sage Robert Redford. So it was like 70 year old, reasoned, haggard Robert Redford. And I, I basically ran into him coming out of a movie and we started up a conversation and then we started chatting and then he became like my mentor and we started writing together and doing screenplays and like all this stuff. It was so great. I, you, I, you guys I'm are like just, on cloud nine. you're I'm sitting like on top nine. of a mountain in, in Utah, just like doing it up, right? You're just, exactly. just your perfect life in a cabin. Nothing's going to bring me down. Somebody could make, try to make up a made up retail holiday. Oh wait, maybe they have. And it's not even going to bring me down today. That's, that's how excited I was about this dream. I just, if, if only we'd known earlier that that, that was all it takes is you having a dream about Robert Redford. That's a good call. My mom would have said the same thing about 30 years ago. That was, that was her <laughs> grandma. Omnitalk definitely would have been in on that one, but, but Hey, we got a fun show. There's a ton to get to a lot of big announcements too. Like on the, on the Omnitalk side, uh, uh, you'll start to notice for our loyal followers that, that uh, subscribe to our blog. We actually are now uh, going to add a couple consistent email distributions every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, basically we've been listening to all the great feedback you guys have given us over the past three years and what we understand and what we love and what we hope we do really well for you guys is we bring you the news. We bring it quick, we bring it fast and we bring you some content that's really unique and special from our position, you know, as being former retailers. So every Tuesday, Friday, we're going to bring you your own newsletter edition of the fast five with all the five headlines for that day. As long as a couple pieces of interesting content that we think you should be aware of. So look for that. It actually started last week. So if you haven't been seeing it, check your you know, junk mail, your spam filters, make sure it's getting through to you. That's always happens when you start doing new email content like that. But we're pretty excited and pretty pumped about it. Yeah, there's lots of great stuff in there. I mean, it's been really fun to, to throw together something on a more consistent basis. So if you don't get enough of us once a week on the Fast Five, there's so many opportunities. Yeah, and we'll still bring you the cool, really fun content that's really different on a Friday kind of more unique to our personality as well, but hope you guys love it. Definitely give us your feedback too. So, all right, well, let's get to the show. We've got some cool stories. We've got Sam's Club today. We've got stories on micro-fulfillment, which we'll talk a lot about and have talked a lot about. Amazon getting into luxury, big story this week. Apple making some big announcements just yesterday. And we'll end, I already teased it a little bit, with a bunch of the made-up holidays that are already starting for this holiday season. But first... Our sponsors. Our sponsors are Fast Sensor. 
FastSensor is the first AI-powered platform that provides solutions for social distancing, contact tracing, and operational optimization, all tailored to fit your business. With FastSensor, you have the tools necessary to monitor safety, efficiency, and journeys across your organization. Visit FastSensor.com to learn more. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. And if you didn't see it as well, it's also in our Thursday edition of our newsletter. Uh, Takeoff put out some great research on the state of online grocery, uh, and they actually asked me to write my thoughts on the paper Uh, And it's one of my favorite pieces I've ever written. Uh, It's called The Three Ways Takeoff's Research Changed My Thinking About the Future of Grocery. Uh, And I encourage you to give it a read. We're probably going to talk a little bit about it in relation to the micro-fulfillment story we're going to cover today. Uh, But I think you'll get a lot out of it. I hope you you do. I for sure as heck did. I know Ann thought the same. Did you eat it up, Chris? That was my favorite line in the paper. Oh, then I eat it up. Yeah, pun intended. Every time, every time new data comes out about grocery, you just eat it up. Couldn't resist a dad joke in there, so... I eat Thankfully. it up. Yes. Somebody asked me if I was an omnivore this morning too, but <laughs> yes, I know. It's kind of crazy, but yes, I do. I eat it up. All right, well, let's do this. This is a fun day. You can tell the energy is already high. Ann and I are, this is our second podcast of the day. We are ready to go. And this first story is hot off the press. We got words from, from Sam. We got word from Sam's Club early last night and they released the news today that Sam's Club is introducing Scan and Go at the fuel, at its fuel pump stations. Now, currently, they have this pilot in place, or they had previously this pilot in place at 70 Sam's Clubs across the country, and now they're expecting to roll it out to all 518 fuel stations by the end of the year. And as a reminder, Sam's Club owns and operates all of its fuel stations. Sam's Club and clubs, plural, is really hard to say for everyone listening. Uh, and remember, Scan and Go, we've talked about it a lot. It's not new to Sam's Club. It's been around in all of their stores since 2016. They continue to just make enhancements and integrate it into the main Sam's Club app. And just last year, they actually introduced the ability to buy adult beverages through the capability as well. Now, here's how it works. You download the app on your iPhone or Android. You click the Scan and Go icon, as you'd expect. Scan a QR code at the pump station. Select your method of payment within the app. You begin fueling, you leave, and you get your receipt in the mail. The hashtag they're using for this, I kind of love it. Curious to hear what you two think. Love, hashtag love at first scan. And you're already smirking. You got to go first. Um, So I... I love Sam's Club. They've they just yeah. like ha- they're just like the cool older sibling that you want to be like. And I think that they are that older sibling for the Walmart family. Like they're out there, they're trying new things, they're they're putting things out first. The Scan and Go being a great example back at Sam's Club now, what they were doing with Sam's Club concierge. Like I think if we vote this year on where I want to most work or what retailer you leave for leave, I'd leave Omnitech for. I think Sam's Club might be that retailer this year. It's it's because of things like this. Like they just are going out there and getting after it. And we're gonna be talking to Eddie Garcia today later too. And I'm pretty excited about that interview just to hear what he says. I mean, after they they rolled out concierge in six days from idea to app in market, like 
yeah. I, I can't wait to hear like the backstory to this because they always have a backstory yeah. and they're just, they're doing it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Chief product officer, Eddie Garcia. Yeah. We're going to be interviewing him later today. Or at least we're planned to. So excited about that. But yeah, I think this again, most innovative, we called them last year. I think it was last year. Most innovative retail in America. I think this is it. Emma, would you use this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Right. Yeah. For sure. I have 50, I have 50 miles left in my gas tank because I haven't filled it up since the start of coronavirus. And this is why, like, this just makes sense. It's also impressive, isn't it? I still want the robot for the actual gas dispensing, but this makes it so much simpler. But like Emma was saying, when she's making her cross country treks back and forth to New York, like how great would scan and go be for you, Emma? So great. I wouldn't have to touch 500 different pumps. Like amazing. I have to say, Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say too, I think the answer your point, I think the other thing that's really cool about this that you picked up on in the last couple episodes we've done, both with the standard cognition story and the Grabango story, is they don't require an app scan to get into that store. Once you have that app, they know who you are. So the future of this is not the way it's described now, but it's probably even more contactless where they're just understanding who you are and you can just show up and then drive away and they'll essentially know how to, how to charge you. Now you probably still have to put some type of prepaid, you know, thing into your app at some point, but, uh, or choice into your app at some point, that's a better word. Uh, but that's, you can see where this is going. So it's actually going to become even less frictionless for those of us that want it that way. Yeah. I think that's still for me is like this crazy thing that you look at the Sam's clubs and the Costco's and these big box stores, and you still have to have this like physical card with you. I mean, they do have apps, but for most people, I think they're still pulling out their cards to like show at entrance. And then you have to pull it out before you can get fuel before you can put up another form of payment. Mm -hmm. So I think like that is going to help. I mean, for me, for sure, like that's going to help ease the process of trying to like dig out all these cards to, you know, save money on a place where I'm getting my gas. So I, Good job, Sam's Club. Yeah. Yeah, we've done podcasts with listener and, you know, ultrasonic technology, you know, I can use it for that type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I I think this is super cool. And if you can do this at a gas station, I think you can do this easily in a store. That's the other thing we keep, you know, like we're now we're talking about this for gas and yet we still haven't seen retailers do this ubiquitously across the board. Yeah. That's, we didn't even talk about that, but like you look at, you know, Getgo and Grabango last week, they have 18 fuel pumps at that one convenience store. And now like, you know, mirror this, what's happening here and with that technology too. And yeah, things are going to change so much and radical, radical transformations. All right, let's keep moving. Well, speaking of things changing, we have uh, grocers and uh, Amazon moving into these micro warehousing situations, people. So let's talk about two stories in the news this week. The first is HEB. They're rolling out a number of automated micro fulfillment centers to support their curbside pickup and delivery business. So they are partnering with Auto Store, um, their micro fulfillment platform. And they will be rolling that out in the next couple of weeks in across HEB stores. We also have a story from Amazon this week. Uh, Amazon is going to be putting uh, 1,000 more warehouses in suburban neighborhoods. So they have announced that they plan to or, uh, to open these small delivery hubs in cities and suburbs across the U.S. Uh, they eventually plan to get the number of warehouses to 1,500 warehouses so that they can bring products closer to customers uh, and make shopping online as quick as a trip to the store and really trying to hit on that same-day prime delivery that they are promising promising and that their competitors, Walmart and Target, are able to offer with their multiple 
store locations. What do you guys think? Emma, what's your take here? I think, so I love getting things from Amazon quick and same day, you know, even better. But do they really need a thousand more warehouse, warehouses across the country? The first thing that kind of came into my mind when I read the story was, well, I don't want an Amazon warehouse in my neighborhood. So I'm you having don't? that kind of Why not? Why, 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 does that, why does that weird people out so much? Like that there's a, like they haven't said, I actually, I have it on my to-do list to see if I can, so if I can get this for our loyal listeners, I will really try. I have it on my to-do list to try to find out how big these are supposed to be. I could not find any mention of that in the articles. I think that's actually a very important piece to note. Like, what are we talking about here? But my vision of this would be just like, we're taking abandoned like suburban strip mall space and using it in that capacity. Like, why is that? Is, is that how you're thinking of this MR or is like, what's going on there? Like, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I know analysts too. I think, I think of it more as like they're building like an ugly warehouse. If you go ah. into a strip mall, that's different. So but then you're okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, I think, I think your point, like, I think you said something there too, that I also want to click into, which is the same day thing. I think Amazon does probably need this for the grocery and the essentials categories. And we've talked about, you know, DoorDash moving into Dash Mart and in the growth of Instacart and all those things. And, and that's where I think when you look at just this rise of quote unquote, hyper local fulfillment, whether you want to put the automation in the back of a grocery store, separate question. But if you just look at the need for local fulfillment, it's really the, the important things to think about here. And this is what's talked about in the research paper that I wrote for takeoff is what the research says is that people want it same day. Like if you go beyond same day for groceries or essential products, people are going to be upset. They're going to be frustrated. All right. And they may even want it sooner than that, but the, the threshold is same day. And so if to get same day, then you've got to be close to people. And that's the key thing to keep in mind here. And that for me was a huge unlock. The other pieces that I think are important within the context of this conversation too, is price matters. Like people don't want to pay extra, right? So you talk about, oh, I can understand why Instacart and Shipped and those have you know, grown exponentially here over the last few months, but that's because they wanted same day, right? but they don't have another option. But it's also why curbside pickup and, and, and line pickup and store have grown too, because they don't want to pay because price is a factor. And so you have to think over time, people aren't going to want to pay. And so you've got to get closer. You've got to figure out a way to defray those last mile delivery costs. And you've got to do it more efficiently. Efficiently, That's where the automation comes in. But it's always going to be part of the equation here in some way, shape or form. And, that, and those were the big takeaways for me and seeing the research and then seeing these kind of big stories come out. And I'm curious though, thoughts on that, but also is this another one of Amazon's just like PR things like 3000 ghost storage by 2021 drones or what do you think I of this number? I don't think so. You guys, I mean, you look at the, the like proposed warehouse space that they need, like Amazon can't get their hands on enough building materials to build all the warehouses that they need. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that they're going into these existing spaces, especially places that are near strip malls or actual malls or malls them, you know, themselves where they have proximity to a lot of other rooftops where they can get this product out to people or people can come to get the product themselves. I think that, you know, this, this to me is much more realistic than the 3000 Amazon Go stores. I think this has probably already been in the works for quite a long time. I think you have a lot of vacant retail right now spaces that people are like, yes, come on in, come on and put it, especially if, you know, we don't know how large these fulfillment centers are going to be, but 
I mean, I'd imagine they're, you know, 10,000 square feet or even up to, in some cases, probably 40,000 square feet. You have a lot of vacant grocery stores that are sitting empty right now, too. And this could be a place that, you know, that could very easily go into. Um, and I think, you know, Chris, you hit on it in your takeoff article and again in the podcast, but it's about choice. And yes, a lot of people are expecting same day, but people want to have the choice. And that's what this is going to do. It's going to give me the the freedom to say, I don't need the toothbrush until tomorrow so I can have that shipped to me today or whatever, but I do want the groceries today. And it's all happening in one app, in one space. Like I can pay for it all at one time and I, I just pick what works best for me on my schedule. So I think that's what this is ultimately going to unlock. 100% agree. The importance of this story is not, story is not necessarily the 1,000 or 1,500 small delivery hubs. Yes, that's important. And even if they get a fraction of that, that matters, right? Even the Amazon Go story, like whatever, 3,000 stores. Well, they have, they're pushing 40 already. That's a lot. But the important part of this story is looking at this story in combination with what they're doing in grocery too. And it's to your last point, right? If you got grocery stores, then you can get closer same day for online delivery, but you can get grocery stores too because people want the choice. Like you said, that was the most startling statistic for me that I didn't know that even in a country like England, which has incredibly high e-commerce penetration, and the statistics are pre-pandemic, e-commerce t- t- topped out at 49% back in 2016. So 50% of, the, of, the, of, of all sales are still happening through physical stores. So people are going to want both options. It just depends what works for them best in their lives. And even the most loyalist, most loyal online shoppers still report going to stores in the U.S. regularly. And that's what this is about. It's that Amazon is taking a two-pronged approach with their own grocery stores and their micro-fulfillment hubs and trying to give us that, which Amazon knows how to do it better than anyone else, how to make us happy as customers. What else does Amazon know how to do now, Emma? <laughs> they know now how to run luxury stores. So the luxury stores that they launched are available by invitation only to Prime members via the Amazon app. The store debuted with Oscar de la Renta's fall and winter collections. And then apparently the collection included ready-to-wear handbags, jewelry, accessories, perfume, etc. Shoppers will be able to use an interactive view and 360 feature to visualize it while browsing online. I just wanted everyone to know that I did not receive an invitation to oh. these luxury stores. <laughs> Emma, you're the most likely. I was like, we are, Chris and I are out. Like, they're definitely not going to come knocking on my door. Even though I submitted the application, they're going to be like, yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to stop ordering like t-shirts uh, if you want to get a luxury invite. Yeah. I am so- kind of skeptical of that part though, real quick. Like, I think like this kind of feels a little, now that you're saying it, I hadn't thought about this before. It feels a little jet blackish. Like don't look behind the curtain. We don't really know what's going on here. I, wow. I don't like that. Amazon's a little, usually more out in the open with how they're kind of doing stuff. So that's yeah. funny. I had the, I had the exact opposite reaction. Really? Chris. How so? I was thinking this is actually, I mean, not right now, if you have to have like an, in, the invite only period, but my whole thought about this is that it's actually like expanding luxury for all. Like oh, no, I there's love no that more. Part. Yeah. I'm just like, saying that like you have to be invited. Oh, yeah. feels a little bit strange to me. So I hope they don't keep that for very long. Yeah. I think I was thinking of like Julia Roberts, you know, and pretty woman mm-hmm. when she goes into the store and Beverly Hills and they're like, mm, Hey, you know, like, Nobody likes those snooty people that work at those places and they keep you from shopping there. But now like you get to have a 360 luxury experience and in my app and it's delivered to me in two days. Like, Hey, 
maybe someday I'll have that Oscar de la Renta fall collection. Probably. Yeah. I don't know that the brands want that though, either. That's why they're so snooty to begin with. I think, right. That's the key here is I think the brands would love to say only these people can shop here as long as they're able to do it effectively. So that's, I think that's, well, I don't know. Time's going to play out on this one. Emma, what, what do, you, do you think yeah. though? You like this? I don't know. Cause I think no. I thought someone was mentioning on LinkedIn that since I can't look at any of the actual products, but someone was saying, you know, they're selling like $5,000 dresses. And someone who's going to buy like a $5,000 gown, I feel like even if you can see yourself wearing it in like VR or something, you want that experience of going to the store, talking to the sales associate that knows you, touching the dress and bringing it home all pretty and packaged. The only thing I do like is that the products are actually sent from the like brands or retailers themselves rather than from an Amazon warehouse. But I think like I, I'm not someone who cares about going into a luxury store to get that kind of thing. Like I would order it from Amazon, but I'm not the target market as, you know, a $5,000 dress is more than I've ever been worth in my bank account. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I hear you. I don't know that. I think if you have a lot of money, which this is, you know, essentially what you're catering to, I don't know that you care that much about it. I mean, people used to say that when I was running home furnishings, Oh, they'll never buy a $5,000 sofa, you know, especially from target. And uh, you know what they did, you know, every once in a while we did. And, you know, if you got a lot of money in the, return processes and the concierge servicing are good and stood up well behind this. Like I could easily see people doing this. They're just like, Hey, I want this. I want this. And then whatever. Yeah. Your personal I, assistance or whatever, bring it back. And yeah, I think that that's true. And Emma, I don't, I don't know. I think you are the target audience that they're going after though. I mean, I think that they're seeing people your age and your demographic who are it. more comfortable buying things like this online. And so if you start now and you start to, you know, work your way up to that $5,000 dress, then you might be doing this in the future. It's more convenient for you. And I think Chris, you bring up the returns process, which for me is going to be a really, I think, critical component to this whole thing working. You have Amazon. Are they still going to allow the same returns? Are they going to fall back and default right. to the brand's return policy, which for most of these luxury retailers is not, you know, unlimited returns for 90 days in any condition. And so I'm curious if we end up seeing, especially with like the idea of these Amazon fulfillment centers going, you know, 1500 of these, if they start to expand this, do we start to have a luxury Amazon returns outlet? Like the, the stuff gets returned to one space and then what happens to like the TJ Maxx's or all these other ones that are out there where like, this is where you buy discounted luxury stuff. Like what do they have in their arsenal? And that'll, and that'll shut it down. And I think then you start to get in a situation where that starts shutting it down real fast. I don't think the brand is going to love that. I'd say, and even as I'm listening to you talk, I'd still rather just have a branded shop on Instagram and figure out how to make that work to tie into the same types of things that you're talking about. But I don't know. I think, it, I think the big thing here too is regardless of whether or not you like this move by Amazon, you like the move by the brands that are partnering with Amazon. I just think it's an important signal. And you've talked about it before, but I, I think we're seeing act three and what I call the play death of a mall. You know, Arthur Miller had death of a salesman. I'm going to write death of the mall, uh, death of a mall, because like act one was e-commerce act two is a mobile phone, you know, and act three is essentially, is essentially this. It's, 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 it's what you've talked about too, Emma. It's, it's search to discover, right. And, and how that's growing online, whether it be through Amazon's luxury portal, yes, Shopify, Facebook, Instagram, we are now as of this week, based on this announcement officially in Act three and Amazon's going to put you know weight behind this, and now as a result, so will everyone else. And what that just means is the malls are in trouble. 
Mm-hmm. Like the, the stores that aren't in a good foundation. I mean, we haven't even seen the death from that cut yet and look where malls are. Right. Yeah. Stop. And that's why I think the listeners need to stop and think about that because that is, that's an important tidbit here. And that there is more to come on that front. There is more dry powder in that keg in terms of what the malls are up against. All right. And I know you love this story. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll hit it quick. Cause I want to get your full thoughts on this. But Apple launched a fitness subscription for under $80 a year. It's called Fitness Plus, and it gives users access to workouts and instruction, plus folds in, I like that phrase, folds in, Fold in the cheese crunch, for those music people. delivered through the Apple Watch or iPad. It costs $99 a month or $79.99 a no. year, and Apple is offering the first three months free with purchase of a new watch. And I thought this was cool. It's also available for use by up to five family members at no additional charge. It's going to launch in Australia, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, the UK, and the United States before the end of the year. That's $9.99 a month. What did I say? $99.99? a year. $9.99. Nine times. Another Ferris Bueller (laughs) reference, just in case you weren't sick of them already. Yeah, $9.99 a month, uh, $79 a year. Guys... I, I'm asking the listeners, somebody needs to tell me why this is not going to just like blow everything out of the water. Please come back with, at me with something because I am a little too bullish on this. I think we are looking at like a seminal moment in the at-home fitness industry. One that, you know, Peloton, their CEO was like, no, this is great. This just shows, you know, all boats rise with the tide. And this is showing the the relevance of the at-home fitness industry. I mean, we're talking, you gotta, you gotta have a watch. So that's it. You have to have the $170 watch or Apple watch three or, or, or more recent. Um, but that's still significantly less than, you know, the $2,000 for a Peloton or the other at home bike, you know, mirror, Zwift or mirror or any of the other things. And, um, and last year alone, just, I looked this up, but last year alone, there were 31 million watches sold just last year. And like, it started nine, you know, in 2017, it was like 19 million, like every year it's just increased significantly. So these are on our bodies. There are 10 different kinds of workouts. And I don't care what people say, like, I'm, I'm going all in on like, you're not ever, I don't know people that are doing one form of exercise for the rest of their lives. Like you, again, going back to choice and variety and giving me 10 different forms of workouts that I can do at any time. You can go, you can use this on your Peloton bike with your, you know, you can set it up on any screen. Like, I just think this is going to completely blow this out of the water. Like I said, the sleeper play too, that I also think is going to change things is I'm wondering how many uh, converts from, from Spotify they're going to get because it plugs into Apple music. And I think that, you know, having, you know, a platform music is so important when you're exercising. And I think that that's going to, I'm wondering what the shift is we're going to see from some of the other subscription platforms onto Apple music too, as a result. What do you guys think? So, uh, so basically, you're pretty bullish on this, Emma. Are you are you equally bullish uh, t- uh, like Anne? I like it a lot. You know, once quarantine started, I found or I discovered free workout videos on YouTube, which I think could supply me for the rest of my life. Oh, but I am like I'm an Apple person at its core. Apple Music, phone, everything, and Apple Watch has been like on my list of things I want for a long time. 
And because this is accessible for me to pay $9.99 a month, I think I might actually buy an Apple Watch just for the variety. And I'm never, I've never been a subscription kind of person, but I think that this is just more accessible to people, especially from like Peloton or Mirror or anything like that. So. Yeah, I think, and you got me. I mean, you called this, Anne. I mean, I think you've been calling this for about a year and a half, you know, that something like this was coming and that don't get distracted with the substrate, the bike, the mirror. I think you're right. Like even the, even the most ardent people who like ride that bike every day or like the newest fitness craze, like usually it changes after a few years, right? Like that's what's, I mean, how many fads can you remember in the fitness industry where like people are doing it hardcore, but are they still doing it 10 years from now? Right. Um, and the beauty of this is it fits inside of all of those and the substrate is inconsequential. And oh, by the way, it monitors your health through the entire day, even when you're not working out potentially in the long run. So yeah, I'm with you, Emma. Like for me, this, I never contemplated this before and I hope Mrs. Omnitalk's not listening to this podcast, but, uh, yeah, it makes me think about the watch, you know, this Christmas season should, you know, should we be able to do something like that? I'm not sure, but, um, you, you know, get three months free if you get the watch. process, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to get you, know? you hooked three months free when you get that watch and think of all the exercising you could be doing at home. Yeah. You can see the three months. It's like, get it, you know, get it as soon as you can. So you're just ready to go get in the jump on it. Um, all right, well, let's finish it up. Speaking of the holidays, gosh, wow. The segues are just flowing well today. You guys, what's even better than a holiday? a made-up holiday. And they are coming. <laughs> Thanks. Emma gave, gave me the shooters. Emma's always got me. Um, okay, we've got two made-up holidays that are upon us right now. One is 1010. What is 1010, you might ask? Well, 1010 is, uh, the, was masterminded by retail consultant Deborah Weinswig, uh, who says that this new event that she's going to be holding on October 10th has more than two dozen major retailers who have signed on and will be uh, facilitated and uh, supported by the rewards app Shopkick. Um, they will have a 1010 website. Companies involved in this have yet to disclose their participation, so we don't know who's involved yet. But the aim is really to pull in holiday shopping starting earlier in October. Second is Wayfair. Guys, I didn't know this was going to happen. So I was like, hey, Wayday, it's back. It is back and better than ever starting September 23rd at midnight Eastern time. Wayday is going to last two days and it will include free shipping and up to 80% off their best-selling products across all major categories. Guys, I have a question for you. Before we get into analyzing these made-up holidays, if you were going to make up a made-up retail holiday, what would it be and when in the year would you have it? My God, I think mine would be. Na- I actually thought about doing this. I just hadn't emailed you about it yet. So funny, you're asking me this on the spot. It's not a retail holiday, but I want to have a. I want to have sign up for a retail blog day. That's what I want to do. I think what that is that? Be, that would be amazing. It's where everyone just needs to sign up for a retail blog. For know? our retail blog? No, a retail blog. Like we should just have National Retail Blog Day. Oh, there's sure. actual donut day and everything else. Why can't there be retail blog day anyway? I mean, sure, that would be great. Emma, any thoughts? I actually kind of like the 1010 because that's right around my birthday. So I'm kind of a fan of this. Depends on the retailer. So I'll take any kind of day with discounts that's close to my birthday and I can get people to buy things for me. So are you big on 1010? You're going all in on 1010 holiday. What do you think? I want to know who's participating. I want more information. Like this is less than a month away and you haven't really heard anything about it other than this like headline. So I need to know who's participating and really what 
or I need more details. That's really the. So you don't know. And do you like this? Uh, I'm not quite sure about this. Like to me, you guys, I don't know. Am I like majorly missing something here? I just feel like, how is this going to be any different than a, a sale that they're having? Like, I, I just don't think that we're going to move away from like these, these longstanding holidays in retail where all the retailers participate in Black Friday. And the closest analog I can think of here is like what's happening in the fashion industry, like where fashion retailers are really trying to take back, you know, we're, go- we're not going to have six seasons. We're going to go to two seasons. Like this is it, fall and spring. But those things like Black Friday are based on like actual times of need. Like I need new clothes for the new season in fall and spring. And I need to get gifts for the holidays that are coming up. And that's why Black Friday falls when it does. I just, I don't know that incentivizing people any other time of year is really going to like hold the same weight that a Black Friday or a Cyber Monday does. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm going to go on an all-time rant here. This literally could be the all-time Buckle up. I I don't, I don't like, I don't like this idea at all. Um, I think the 10, 10 thing is so like, oh my God. All right. Yeah. Singles day, 11, 11, let's do 10, 10. I mean, a better idea, quite honestly, would be do 12, 12 to like help with clearance for everybody. Right. But you already have cyber Monday. So like, why do you need another one of those? And does it need to be coordinated? And maybe that'll help. But so, okay. I, but I like that better than 10, 10. And here's why, right. First, let me also Wayfair. That's great. September people have that need. Like people are probably going to want to refurnish their home for the holidays coming out of the summer. Love that. They've done it before. It makes sense. They can power that on their own. Like, but if you're signing up for like 10, 10, like, like I would say, be careful with that for a number of reasons. Number one, what the hell is going on with the economy right now? And how comfortable are people going to be with their discretionary spend on the 10th of October? You haven't even gotten through Halloween yet. Also, by the way, paychecks are like five days away. So how stretched are people going to be? And then also the data that's coming out already from the Commerce Department is not great. Retail sales in total were only up 0.6% in August over the month prior. But if you exclude auto, gas, building materials, and food services, that number dips to negative 0.1% or to 0.1%. Actually, they went down 0.1%. Let me say that right. So I think part of this is know your numbers. That's only going to get worse. And so you're coming in to the end of this month, beginning of October, and you're trying to do this. It doesn't make sense. And then if you're one of those retailers participating in it, now it's in your base for next year and you've got an anniversary of that, which I also don't love. And how are you going to do that? Especially, God willing, we're out of this by then. I just, I just don't get this. This seems super made up. It seems super made up uh, based off of like, oh, we're seeing this overseas in China. Let's do this over here. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Okay, where am I wrong? I don't know. I mean, we did one of the things I noted, Chris, preparing for this was, you know, when we were talking about you wrote a long time ago about Amazon could have Prime Day in July and, you know, changing this to, you know, Amazon can. Yeah, Amazon can. And I think that that's a really what I, I agree with what you just said, but I think that's a really important point to clarify. Like, Amazon can maybe, I mean, Wayfair, I think you you could make a good case for this, especially with what's going on right now and people needing to outfit their homes for distance learning again and, and, and more, um, and working from home for a longer period of time than they may be intended. But I think that, you know, I, I think who these retailers are that are going to be showing up for 1010 is going to um, be something we'll have to watch really closely. And I think that 
if it's who I'm guessing, it's going to be really hard for them for next year. And and this might be something that they're they're throwing out there. Or they're testing as a way to just see if the if it will help with numbers for Q4. But I I don't know. I think it's it's probably not setting them up for a very successful 2021. Yeah, I think Emma, you're right. Like that's the key thing. It's like who are the retailers, right, Anne? I mean, yeah, if you've got Walmart, Target, Home Depot, all the companies that have been doing well and are like in this like need state mind, home furnishings, right? Whatever it might be, you know, groceries, essentials that you need. Like I could see that working. But yeah, who are they? And the other thing is like Shopkick is involved in this. Like is I mean I, that's not one. I mean, I know it's been around for a long time. That's not one that's all like in the everyday parlance for me in terms of like, you know, retail and how retail is working. I mean, so like, yeah, what's going to happen here? Or is yeah. this just all hype? Yeah. Well, we, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, it's still in the early phases. There's still, it's still just an announcement right now. It's still a PR report and we'll have to see where it goes. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, that closes us up. What do you guys, what do you got planned? Emma, school, like you, you're like in full swing now with the U, right? Like what do you got planned for this weekend? Well, tomorrow morning I have a three and a half hour Zoom class. It's only once a week, but it is so long and it's quantitative research methods. So like, so fun, you know, but nice. I did want to go back to, I actually do know who Robert Redford is because All the President's Men is my all-time favorite movie. I just oh, never paid attention to oh my the God. actors. Oh my God, that's crazy. I have final question for you, Anne. Who is your dependent and independent variable this weekend in light of what Emma's going to be doing? Who is mine? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even understand the question. Can you I don't know. I just thought you'd go with it. <laughs> uh, man. Well, you're... Your dependents are probably your kids and your, you know, your, 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 your independent is probably a uh, uh, Mr. Amita. Yeah. Well, we are, uh, we are just going to be attending all of the uh, flag football, baseball. Like we're going to try to get it all in while it's still nice and all the outdoor sporting activities that we can get to uh, compensate for the amount of at desk distance learning we've been doing this week. So Yes. And I'm probably going to have to imbibe a little bit after this first week of full school is over. What yeah. We guys? started distance learning this week too. I think we're all just going to pass out. Mrs. <laughs> Omnitag and I are just going to pass out once the weekend starts, but we also finished Cobra Kai, which is amazing. What is that? that yet on Netflix? Did you just say, the, what is that? Yeah. What is it? Netflix? It's like oh, it's the amazing. new like Tiger King. Like it's, all, it's the big hype on Netflix. Is Ralph it a real? Macho. Yeah. Rob a- Macho, William Zabka. But like, is this a real, like, is this like Joe Exotic? Like, we're going to see this whole thing play out no. as a documentary? Oh, no. No, it's no, just it's a real show. You, you I met with the hype. <laughs> no, I've been watching The Shy on Showtime, which I highly recommend. If you liked The Wire or any of those, um, I think it's David Simon, who's the director. Oh, man. Shy. So good. The soundtrack, even better, you guys. If you need a good soundtrack for your weekend do it I, I, I might I, I might have to check that out although I could be too afraid to try it the shy get it all right on that note <laughs> let's close her up thanks as always for flat. tuning in listening and watching our videos on YouTube remember you, you can always like review like and leave us a review on the platform of your choice and remember if you haven't already subscribed to our weekly fast five video on YouTube on behalf of Anne and Emma I'm just struggling to get through this Emma the intern as always Be careful out there.